All these blessings and curses I have said will happen to you. The Lord your God will send you away to other nations. There you will think about these things. Then you and your children will return to the Lord your God, and you will obey him with your whole being. You will obey everything I command you today. But you must obey the Lord your God. You must obey his commands and rules that are written in this book of the teachings. You must follow the Lord your God with your whole being. This command I give you today is not too hard for you. It is not beyond what you can do. It is not up in heaven. You do not have to ask who will go up to heaven and get it for us. Then we can obey it and keep it. It is not on the other side of the sea. You do not have to ask who will go across the sea and get it. Who will tell it to us? Then we can keep it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. Look, today I offer you life and success, death and destruction. I command you today to love the Lord your God. Do what he wants you to do. Keep his commands, his rules, and his laws. Then you will live and grow in number, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are going to take as your own. But you might turn away from the Lord. You might not obey him. You might be led to bowing down and serving other gods. I tell you today that you will be destroyed, and you will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan River to enter and own. Today I ask heaven and earth to be witnesses. I am offering you life or death, blessings or curses. Now choose life, then you and your children may live. Love the Lord your God. Obey him. Stay close to him. He is your life, and he will let you live many years in this land. This is the land he promised to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Thanks, Kira. Good morning. Come on. Good morning. There we go. If we didn't meet yet, I'm Rob Jacobson. I'm so glad you're here, and thank you for all of you who had... It's just an awesome time at VBS for helping at VBS, because we did have a good time, didn't we, kids? Yeah! Thank you. I just got to keep the kids. In fact, I mean, we had some crazy games. We had some cool Bible stories. We had some fun treats. We, yeah, fun treats, I think so. But wouldn't it be neat if we could tell, like somehow we could go back in time so that the whole church could hear about these things? Wouldn't it be cool if we could go back in time so the whole church could hear about these things? Thank you. Otherwise, I was like, I don't know what to do. So maybe, like, we could pretend that this right here is a power-up. And when I step there, and you guys do, okay, parents, bringing you back to the 80s, when you do that, like, we could go back in time. All right, so I'm going to need everybody's help. Ready? Hey, everybody, welcome to day two of VBS. It's so great to be here. Um, you're just lucky I didn't change clothes. I mean, we had this amazing time on day one. We talked about powering up and how God wants to know us. But on day two, we learned that we not only can know God because he wants to know us, but we can know God through his word. And we have the most amazing, amazing story from the Bible about this, one of the best ways to know God. It's about this boy who was just a kid when he made that discovery for himself. And the boy's name was Josiah. Remember? Remember Josiah? So I thought, oh, like we did I thought it would be really fun if someone helped me play Josiah. I need, you know, someone who is younger than, you know, maybe 11, younger than 11, and uh, is very dramatic about 
poses and facial expressions. So if I could see, you know, a pair of hands, that would be really helpful. Oh, I do see a pair of hands back there. Aaron, do you, you're ready to fully focus? All right, come on up here. Let's give it up for Aaron. Now, you know him as Aaron, but I want to introduce you to Josiah, the boy king. Right? Guess what, though? You're not king yet. Don't worry, you'll be king. So, let me set the scene for you while we get to Josiah being the king, okay? Thousands of years ago, the Israelites were not even a people. There was just one guy named Abraham, and actually his name was Abram, and he was really old, and he had a wife named Sarai, and God picked them to start reversing the curse of the world. And he traveled with them, he walked with them, they came into this land that God said, this is going to be the promised land. You're going to live by faith in me, by my word, in the power of my Holy Spirit. And so Abraham eventually had a son of the promise, Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. Jacob became Israel. Israel had these 12 sons. And that family became the nation of Israel. Now, they did have a little uh, excursion in Egypt uh, where they were slaves for 400 years. But God brought them out of Egypt with a man named Moses led them to a place called Sinai, and there made a promise or a covenant with them. Moses and the Israelites got the Ten Commandments. They got the book of the law. The book of the law was the instructions for how these people were to live in relationship with God and with each other in a way that would bless the world. And so when we come to these people in the rest of the story beyond the book of the law, we now know as the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. When we go beyond that story, we see a couple key things. First, we see the person that's after Moses. The leader after Moses is Joshua. Joshua does this thing called renewing the covenant or renewing the promise. Maybe you know someone who has renewed their wedding vows. It's a little bit like that. It's a very big ceremony that happens in Joshua 24. All the people promise to commit their lives to God, to live in relationship with him. And for a little while, they do that. But after Joshua dies, the people start doing instead their own thing. In fact, the book of Judges says the people did what was right in their own eyes rather than what was doing right in God's eyes. And so through all the time of the judges and through most of the time of the kings, the people didn't follow God. They did their own thing. This is maybe for, yeah, right? Not good. Give me a face that's not good. There you go. Come on. Concerned. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So... This might be more for the adults in the room, but, you know, hey, you can go there. So the promised land is, was a real place, but it is also a spiritual home or state where we live. The promised land is a place where you trust God to do what he says, even when it's hard. So you live by his spirit 
and under the control of his spirit, and you live with his power because you know his word. That's the promised land. So when the people moved into the promised land and started to not live that way, and instead live like they were still in Egypt, Egypt being a real place, but also being a place where it's comfortable, where you have what you need, but you're in bondage and you serve other gods. So the people that were in the promised land started living like they were in Egypt. So why don't you chew on that like a giant, hard piece of hubba bubba. (laughs) The people were in the promised land, but they weren't living like they were in the promised land. That's when Josiah came on the scene. A little bit hard, but here's what it says in 2 Kings 22.1. Josiah was eight years old when he became king of Egypt, or king of Judah. Eight. Eight years old. Can you imagine being eight years old? Aaron, I mean, Josiah, how old are you? For real? Seven? So you're going to be eight next year. Okay, here's, here's a trick. Yeah. Take your arm through there. Oh, there you go. It's like you saw this before. Arms up. Shh, is it going to fall down again? Let's not tell the parents everything that happened. There we go. Here's... That's right. That's right. That's not all. Check this out. 2 Kings 22... Two, Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And he followed, he lived the way that King David had lived. He didn't turn away from it to the right. He didn't turn away from it to the right. The right. Or to the left. Good job, Josiah. Give me a jump and high five. Nice. Excellent, excellent. So then, Josiah grew up. Too bad we don't have a beard for you, huh? It says next that when Josiah was still a young man, but much taller, that he found that one of his friends, the high priest called Hilkiah, found something. It was, do you know what it was? What? A scroll. A scroll, the book of the law, which happened to be a scroll. So what he did was he had his secretary take it to the king. The king then looked at it, and he found out it was a long book. The high priest Hilkiah, (laughs) 2 Kings 8.8. Yeah, I know. It was really long. He said to the secretary, Shaphan, I found the scroll of the law in the Lord's temple. And so he gave it to the secretary who then brought it to the king. And then the king, when he heard the law, he said, oh no, there you go. And then instead of tearing his clothes like they would have done then, he flailed his arms wildly. He was so distraught that his crown fell. But he was sad, not happy. And the king said this to his secretary. Now this is kind of an important one. 2 Kings 22, 13. Go, ask the Lord for advice. Ask him what is written in this scroll that has been found. Do it for me, and also do it for the people and the whole nation of Judah. 
the Lord's anger is burning against us. That's because our people haven't been following the words of the scroll. They didn't do everything that was written there about us. See, when King Josiah heard about this scroll, he immediately consulted someone named Huldah, a prophetess that was maybe not older, but was definitely wiser and closer to God than Josiah was. He asked for help in understanding the book. When Caleb Anderson and I, just this last week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, were at our denominational annual meeting, that was um, some really good things, some really, really hard things, and even some sad things. We were reminded that we're a people of the book. The book is the Bible, and we go to God's word. But we don't go there alone. We go there in community. We go there in community to learn from each other, to hear from each other, because we might get it wrong by ourselves. So we listen to God's word. We let scripture interpret scripture, but we also go to people who are wiser and closer to God to understand what's happening in the world. Josiah asked someone wiser to help him understand God's word. So even though we're not kings and queens, I think it's still good advice for us. Who do you go to to hear God's word and understand God's word, right? <laughs> Second Kings 23, 1 through 3 says that the king called everyone together, all the people in Jerusalem and Judea. He went up to the Lord's temple. You're already up, so we're not going to go higher. The priests and the prophets came from the most important to the least important. And the king had all the words of the scroll read. That's a lot, right? The scroll had been found in the Lord's temple. The king stood next to his pillar, and he agreed to the terms of the covenant in front of the Lord. He promised to follow him and obey his commands, direction, and rules. He promised to obey them with all his heart and with all his soul. And he agreed to the terms of the covenant that were written down in that scroll, and then all the people committed themselves to the covenant. All the people committed themselves to the covenant. All the people. It sounds just like Joshua did. In fact, this was the first time that the covenant had ever been renewed in the same way. The king promised to serve the Lord and obey his rules, and so did all the people. That is a really good thing. So how about happy faces and praise hands? Now, it's one thing to say that we love God and we follow his word, but all the people had been doing the wrong things. They'd been practicing, they'd been making idols to other gods and altars to other gods and praying to other gods. It was not good. So the king had to destroy all those places. Do you think you can help me, Josiah? That's hard work. All right, you might have to come down from your high place. So we have some scary scary high places and I need your help so do you think you can take out those high places and altars okay come on go Josiah go Josiah wow way to go hey good job come on up here listen to what it says about King Josiah in 2 Kings 23 through 25. Maybe this will be true of you. 
There was no king like Josiah, either before him or after him. None of them turned to the Lord as he did. He followed the Lord with all his heart and all his soul. He followed him with all his strength. He did everything that the law of Moses required. Hey, how about another jump and high five? Woo, try it again. Boom, nice. All right, how about you guys give it up for a Josiah, the king? Aaron, did you have some fun up there? Right, I know. It's easy to think that what Josiah did was fun. But if you put yourself back in that time, when there had been a king that had done all kinds of evil things for 55 years, another king that did evil things for two more years, that's 57 years of just people not following God, not being interested in following God. Imagine being someone who loved God, wanted to follow God, cared about where the, the people were, and trying to live in that for 57 years. That's what Josiah was facing. These people had set up all of these statues and altars, and it's possible, very possible, that Josiah didn't even know that it was wrong. It had just become part of the culture. And until... Hilkiah, the priest, found this book, and until Josiah had a heart and ears to hear, he wouldn't have ever known what God wanted. But when he did hear, he paid attention, and he had the courage to make these changes and bring people back to God. I'm reminded that the churches that we started with, called Mission Friends, were a people of mission. We love God, and we love people so much that we go to God. They called it God's glory and neighbor's good. That's what Josiah did. He reacted, had ears to hear, he was responsive, and then acted for the good of God and the good of the people. Even though he lived in a time where they weren't following God, and yes, he was the king, so he had the power to summon everyone to him, whereas we, if we tried to do that, it probably wouldn't be effective. But most of us are not kings and queens, and it, so we need to go to the people rather than summon them. When we go to people, we must be people of gracious conviction, both people who care with love and grace and truth and are careful in the way that we speak as to not be offensive, rude, or hateful. As Christ followers, we're called to be people of love and of grace and of truth. God, Christ asks us to go and shine our light, to show and share his love and good news. The good news that we learned about all week in VBS, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died to remove the sin and the separation that we had with God, both physically and spiritually. That is good news. It is a reminder to us to live presently and eternally grateful for that. When Josiah heard God's word, he did what it said. That's what our reading that Kira wrote, read was all about. 
Deuteronomy 30 says, when these blessings and curses have come upon you. Remember, at the time that this was read, the people hadn't even gone into the promised land yet. They were at this point where they were about to enter, and none of this had happened, but God knew. He said, when all these blessings and cursings have come upon you and I have, that I have set before you, and you take them to heart, when you hear them in your heart, he says, when you do that, wherever you are, you could be in the farthest, farthest land. Verse 4 says, even if you have been banished from the most, to the most distant land, from that place, when you hear in your heart and turn to me, I will bring you back, no matter where you are. Maybe you feel like you are so far from God that there's no way he could hear you. What this says is, no, wherever you are, if you hear him and turn to him, he is right there. It means that there is no literal promised land. It means that there is a spiritual promised land that we can literally live in. That we can live by God's word, we can live by the power of the spirit, we can live in community, in love, in Christ every day even when things are not good. How responsive is your heart? If you're at a place where you are, your heart is soft, where you are hearing God, where you are loving God, who is he calling you to go to? Maybe it'll be a distant land. Maybe it'll be someone who feels like they're in a distant land, but will you go? The reality is we don't have to wait for someone to bring us a scroll. We have God's word every moment of every day. Maybe because we put it in our heart like we talked about this week at BBS, or maybe because you or someone you know or someone you love has, I don't know, 17 Bibles in their house. Or they have a smartphone that has 27 different Bibles that they could put on it. I might have made that number up. We have access to God's word and we have access to God every day. So not because we should, but because he's always calling. Will you listen? Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for innocent, energetic, and beautiful children. I thank you for their soft hearts, their openness to hear you, their openness to sing loud, their openness to love you and love people that they just met. God, I pray that we could learn from them. God, I pray that, that anyone who's a little older than them, God, I pray that you'd soften their heart, that you'd make it responsive. God, we do want to be people of your promised land. We want to be people who live by your word and by your spirit. We want to be people who live out this mission that you put us on, that you sent your son for all the world, that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Help us to have eternal life today. Help us to hear that you forgive no matter where we are when we ask. We love you, and we thank you for this time. Amen.